Hi, this is David Vincent, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District. And I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the director of counseling services in the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. This is a conversation featuring experts and subjects related to raising happy, successful children in today's world. On each broadcast, parent guests will join in and provide their perspective on current trends and issues our kids face in school, society, and at home. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become achieving kids. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad you're here and joining our podcast today because we have some really special stuff. Well, actually, every week seems special because Dr. Jameson's here, everyone's favorite. And Amanda, what are we talking about today? Okay, today we're talking about social awareness. So we started off with um, self-awareness and we talked about our emotions and how we feel and recognizing those things. And we talked about self-management, like what do we do? How do we manage that? How do we you know, help others? So that's, that was very inwardly focused because if we know more about ourselves and how we interact with, well, how we react to situations, then when we're in social situations, which is most of the time we're in social places, um, now we need to expand that to understanding empathy and taking other people's perspectives into account because um, we're relational beings and Pretty much most of the day, if, if a kid ends up in a counseling office or they're upset at their parents or talking to their parents about something that happened at school, it was a relational issue that came up. Well, and, you know, add on to that, one of the components or pieces of it is I was at both high schools yesterday, walked in to a theater group and then walked into <laughs> kids doing homework and talking about totally diverse. Yeah. And, and, you know, I might seem really artistic. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, it's funny, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, no, but so, I mean, and I try to understand, right. And so, and, and so that social awareness of where I'm at and trying to add or to do whatever is pretty useless in some situations, but it does help me to understand where I'm at and what I'm doing. And then I was at uh, a campus and there was kids all around doing different things. And it wasn't a theater group at that moment, but it was totally diverse group of kids, Mm -hmm. all doing great things, connected, making sure it all worked. But. If you didn't know how to navigate that, mm-hmm. Dalhart, Texas, David Vinson, that had never been around anybody, but you know, yeah. you know, uh, you know, small country people, it would have been a, it would have been a difference coming to Wiley. Mm-hmm. And so that social awareness is going to be a big part of knowing what to do and how to do it. Right. So part of it is perspective taking, part of it's empathy, part of it's um, appreciating diversity, because it's especially in our area, that's all over, and then respect for others, which is one of our core values here in Wiley. So when we were talking about that, to add on, we're really going to tee this up for you to be great for you, Dr. Jameson. Okay. Is, you will get to talk. <laughs> so no problem. Well, I think I'm going well, to... Okay, so now, when we're talking about this, the, 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 we were with our superintendent's advisory council, and they're all seniors. Mm-hmm. And uh, we asked them to look back at their freshman selves. Mm-hmm. And what were they saying about mm-hmm. themselves? Because, you know, they, they were, were saying they were the worst, but they didn't know yeah. that they were making all of these like mistakes, like with other people or other cultures or any of those things. They just were like, mm-hmm. we just said the most ridiculous things, but we just we truly didn't even understand. Yeah. And these are their 18 year old selves reflecting back yeah, on, right. you know, their freshman yes. year. So wise. And they're geniuses. They know. Every, <laughs> yeah, and they so were basically wise. saying, yeah, I don't, don't tell ask the freshman anything. They don't know. But we did ask them, like, what could we have done to mm-hmm. help you? Yeah, as, and they were like, I mean, not much. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's hopeless. 
you know, they were really more like, they needed like older kids, like the adults at the school, while they influenced them, they really were like, we really look and watch what our peers are doing, Mm -hmm. especially the older kids. So yikes. (laughs) So when you're talking, is this a common practice or common concern when kids come to see you or when you're doing training about the idea of social awareness? Yeah. If it's not anxiety or depression, it's generally something's gone wrong at school with peers or lack of friendships Mm -hmm. or changing friendships or, yeah, for sure. This is a lot of teenage issues that require therapy. Well, yeah. And that I never even thought about that. When when, when some of our teachers feel isolated, when some of the employee feels isolated, it's because they don't have a... A social connection. Mm-hmm. You know, we one of the things we ask is every student have at least one positive adult relationship on campus so they have an engagement piece, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes adults don't yeah. have it. It's crazy, well, right? Yeah, that's a whole other talk about adult social friends and the value of that isolation and loneliness in adults. But for kids, we think that because everyone's in school and they're around hundreds of kids a day, yes. um, that this is easy for them. And we say, oh, if that friend group's not working, just Mm -hmm. try another friend group as if you can just sort of flow in and out of friend groups easily, which is actually ridiculously difficult to ask a teenager to just change friend groups if one isn't working. Um, But we like to think they have all this opportunity and experience because they're around peers all day, but it's just not that simple for them. Well, and you, the last two podcasts, we talked about how it truly is difficult to like recognize our own emotions manage them well mm-hmm. but you're also asking them to like pay attention to the emotions of others yeah, right and then respect and respond e- empathy empathetically respond to them mm-hmm. like that's oh, that's hard for adults yeah. too and especially like middle school and high school where everyone's just trying to be cool right yeah. and then they're not really being their authentic selves so yeah. then you're trying to respond to this person who's kind of surface acting all day Mm -hmm. so it's not an authentic connection anyway so we're asking them to read people but what they're reading is not really that person's authentic self most of the time for Mm -hmm. middle school and high schoolers so it's tricky it's complicated and it's confusing for them it is super confusing when you look at the way kids are and they're bold in who they are and to ask them to change and not lose themselves that'd be pretty tough it's pretty tough right yes Yes, if they even know who they are at this age. Like they probably know their personality style, but they don't really know like what's who is best for them. They think yes. that best is for them. Mm-hmm. But maybe this other group is better for them. It's complicated. That is a great point. When you ask and well boys, girls, anybody, when you think about that, that is a big thing about social groups and about when they feel you know, a lot of kids that are engaged in a group that feel very, very much connected. Mm-hmm. The group's not very good for them, but their social awareness and their social piece about where that is, you know, the group's not doing real well, but that, that awareness that it, that group is not going to be necessarily good for them is just totally out the window sometimes right. too. And it could be a bad group, but their role within the group oh, yeah. feels so important to mm-hmm. them that they align and stick with that group, even though that group is making bad choices. I align they like myself. their role within the group. <laughs> I, I align myself with some... And if anybody was watching this that would do that, please don't respond. But but the thing is, is that I had, I had some really fun friends that just probably weren't the most positive people in the world, you know, mm-hmm. growing up and you learn how to, but adulting helps you learn that, right? Yeah. How do you do it though? Is there a way that they can know that that's a bad thing? Is any advice from a social perspective about social awareness to, to know that's what are the flags and how they, how to identify 
Well, unfortunately, it kind of goes back to what your seniors were saying as freshmen. Like they didn't know, you know, mm -hmm. they were making all sorts mm -hmm. of mistakes. So a lot of what we're talking about today really does require time and maturation and experiences and sort of trial by error, you know, screwing things up and realizing that wasn't correct. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this is just lived experience. And we hope that no one really, you know, steps into it too much, that they're getting in trouble, but that they learn some things and bumps and bruises along the way right. in terms of friendships and behaviors and choices. Um, so while we can talk about all of this today and how it looks for teachers in the classroom, a lot of it is really just you have to walk through it and learn by experience. We do um, think about that, like try to give the kids practical ways to at least notice other people. Like we have high schools that are like no one sits alone. Mm -hmm. So we have groups of people yeah. whose job is kids, not adults, to mm -hmm. look out and be like, how's everybody doing? But even that one thing makes them like look around mm -hmm. and just notice other people. Mm -hmm. So are there any other like, and I think that's like a really empathetic thing. Like you stop your friend group for a second, looking mm -hmm. around, seeing if anyone looks alone mm -hmm. um, and then to go sit with them or to say hi to them, something like that. Are there other ways that you um, talk to kids about in your office, like, ways to notice other people or put themselves out there more or just something that would make them, um, you know, just be more connected to the kids around them. Honestly, kids and teenagers and, and preteens, there's, there's so much politics inside their own friend circle mm -hmm. to ask them to step out of their awareness inside their friend circle to notice someone else is a really tall order. Yeah. So at this age, it's almost imperative to ask adults to do that for them. Oh. And schools are really good at that about new kids and a buddy yeah. and sports coaches are great at, you know, introducing the new people and having them have a buddy yeah. to help them transition. But to ask, you know, a middle schooler or a high schooler oh. to like, hey, look around the cafeteria <laughs> and invite that girl over to your table. It's like, what? Like, no, I'm not going to mess up my status quo because these friend groups are somewhat fragile anyway. And to ask them to step outside and bring someone else in mm -hmm. could disrupt the status quo of their friend group, which seems too risky for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So well, it's almost better because those adults. groups are led by adults. Like it's like a Rachel's challenge group or we visited Prosper ISD and they have hope squads, things yes. like that, where it is an adult, like telling them to do it. Yes. Um, yes. And then they see the benefits of it because they made a new friend or somebody, they feel good helping other kids. Yes. And, and even like my little first grader was um, like tapped to be the buddy of a new boy in his class this year. And he felt such pride in being Aww. like, oh, she picked me to like sit by the new boy, you know. So the first day of school, he was like, that's the new boy. So it sort of gave him a little, you know, pump that's of pride, precious. too, that he was chosen to be someone's buddy. Um, I'm not necessarily sure he would have reached out to that kid on his own. Right. But the fact that a teacher said, would you mind helping this boy? You know, he felt very important. But it's also important that we do those, have those measures that where kids yeah. do feel engaged and important because, you know, and, and my, my own kids are in a couple of different groups that they tennis and football and, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny. I'm not Asian, obviously, but my, both of my kids are in the Asian Student Society. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, right. it's it's really funny because people are so, so, so inclusive and a lot of the classes my kids have are with those kids. And mm -hmm. They come home and say, man, that was the most enjoyable thing oh, that we've nice. done. And, uh, you know, Cal 
loves that they have a they have food every time and it is just very enjoyable <laughs> about yeah. yeah that's <laughs> from a, yeah, yeah yeah but but you know that that is is is, is, is making sure that we stru- structure those things yeah. in place the one thing that i would ask as a parent um how do you walk that line with kids about helping them to understand their social awareness when I have absolutely no street cred with my own children and I feel like I'm a pretty self-aware and adept person at knowing these situations or how do we set up structures that allow them to make sure they're okay? I mean, because part of it's going to end up in therapy probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you're probably, you know, you're not giving yourself enough credit, but you're modeling on everyday social awareness yeah. and your kids are watching that. So yes. even if you're not, you know, thinking that you're teaching them something, you are every single day. Every time you take a picture with somebody mm-hmm. at a game or they, you run into someone at the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, they see that, yes. right? You're not, you're not hiding from your people no. out in the district, right? Hide from me. You, you don't, you're not doing this at restaurants, I don't think. But no, no, um, I don't. Right? So you're modeling that for your kids. So yes. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, I think your kids are watching you and they're seeing how you interact and engage positively with people. And that in and of itself is a good lesson. Well, I mean, and how is that they look at every, every cue that we provide and they, they, yeah. they act or interact with that. And I'm going to this deal where I'm not cool. And I get that. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're going through that phase too, and where everybody is so brilliant that they know everything. Right. right. So yes. I mean, not that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, 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 but, but, you know, but I understand that too, but I've been there and I've been a principal there, but when it's personal, it's different. Right. Yes. And I think that's where the best learning comes from with this social awareness mm-hmm. um, is when I think I think the magic happens. OK, let's say the three of us are friends mm-hmm. and you two are in conflict about something mm-hmm. and I'm not, mm-hmm. but I'm your friend and I'm your friend. I think the best growth that happens is for this person right here, because mm-hmm. this is what I hear about in therapy oh. is a friend dynamic is in conflict. And, and my patient is not. It's Amanda's fault. And they're struggling with, well, I see David's point. Like, I understand mm-hmm. why he's mad. And Obviously. I see Amanda's point, And well. I see where she's. I think the best growth happens by watching other people in your friend group deal with something. And mm-hmm. then recognizing how distressing that is to see both sides of it. So that goes to the empathy and the right. recognizing diversity. Because it's like, I can see. I can see why he's mad and I can see why she's mad and I don't know what to do about it. That is pure magic for this social awareness piece. That's true. Cause yeah. if you're in the conflict, it's way harder for you to know, think about how they're feeling. Oh yeah. Cause you're, you're mad invested. and you're mad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But if you're just the friend who loves everybody mm-hmm. and is, and it just wants everyone to go back to being friends, um, you're really torn. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the best lesson almost is to watch other people in your group sort of you know, have trouble and then you decide how you feel about it or what yeah. to do about it right. or even not to do anything, but just to recognize the difficulty of the situation yeah. is the component of this social awareness. Well, and you know, we live in a new age. I was reading something a kid wrote a couple of days ago, a high school kid, and it was saying we live in a divided world. And, you know, if I could do anything, I would try to find a way to bring people together. And, you know, that was pretty insightful, number one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. secondly, when you look at that and how things are done, um, we live in an environment where really, you know, bringing coming together isn't probably the best thing or probably, you know, noted as the, the coolest and greatest thing as, as far as how we work work as a society right now. So that's probably a, a big t- thing to probably discuss. That's too. true because we have like, we talk about social awareness and um, being at school, but for most of our kids, well, even us, like our society, our influence, all that is 
never leaves us because it's on social media all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So it is something that it's a new world that I, we didn't grow up in with this kind of like constant mm-hmm. um, relational, your relationships never have to end. It's 24 hours a day, <laughs> access to everyone all the time. Yeah. So we talk to the kids a lot about like, that's a huge part of their day. We know it's not going away, yeah. but how do you also have respect? Because some of those things are, they, they feel hurt, but you can't read tone. You know, they feel sad, but maybe they didn't mean it that way. So mm-hmm. it is, and to, to teach kids about those things while we're all learning them too, is it's really challenging. Right, because it's sort of foreign territory. Mm-hmm. So we're the first generation of parents who are trying to parent mm-hmm. with such a huge issue that is brand new to everyone. So we're sort of the guinea pig generation in that regard so jury's out if we're doing it correctly or not it's kind of scary y'all what you're talking about because you don't know that you're doing it well and you know the vincent's probably aren't as strict as we should be about trying to you know put some real parameters around social media but i want to walk through my kids with what they're doing and talk to them about where they're at without being too intrusive, but not want to knowing that, that we're caring, we're trying to be there for them. And they've not had anything nefarious thing happen that I know of, but mm-hmm. you know, that's a hard, that's a hard line to, uh, to, to cross or work through because, yeah, you know, but with, you know, I think schools are doing a good job of early digital citizenship mm. activities yes. and curriculum. Even little itty bitties are learning about being nice online and what that looks like. So I feel like we're doing, we're doing, some good work in that regard with the little ones who mm-hmm. are doing curriculum and lessons about what does that mean to be nice on the computer right. or on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's new language for them. But I feel like some people are doing good work out there. So when a kid or kids are in social conflict and in their, and they don't have that awareness where they are, is when we talk about the, the best things to, to handle it, to deconstruct it because obviously we're talking about pro-social behaviors that'll prevent it mm-hmm. digging out of it mm-hmm. is there a good way to it to do that a better way or things for me because typically my job is what i typically do wrong mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. is there a better way to, to approach that well i mean i can tell you what i do as a therapist so when someone's going through like socially what's happening um in my mind even though i might have a solution I always just ask a lot of open-ended questions so that the child has to basically tell the narrative of what happened. And you'll notice as they're retelling the story, they're sort of uh, supporting it with their thoughts and feelings about Mm -hmm. it. So in my mind, I can, I can pretty much figure out the problem pretty quickly and I'm sure you guys can too. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's this verbal process that they have to go through to talk it out. Mm -hmm. And then they're watching my face for my reaction as Mm -hmm. they're telling the story for cues. Um, But then they usually come to some sort of solution. And if they don't, I'll say, what are you thinking? Like, what do you Mm -hmm. think you should do? Or where are you at today with it? I'm basically saying, what solutions have you already come up with? And then if they throw out a few, I say, well, you might think about this, or have you ever thought about this? Mm -hmm. And just to sort of add to it, but um, it's just, they have to process it because that's part of them understanding the beginning, the middle, and the end of the story of the conflict. Yeah, even from a social awareness perspective, when our principals are talking to kids, you're trying to get the information necessary to see what's going on and how Mm -hmm. we, you know, where the issue or concern is. And a lot of times the kids don't even understand what that social awareness piece is, and but letting them talk, that have the time to let them talk and to get to where they're going. What we 
what we're talking about with regard to social and emotional learning, we're going to come back with restorative discipline at some point in time because we really want them to, to consider their behavior and try to, to improve it. But as we talked about a couple of months ago, when, when you're asking them to, to know that they're guilty and how that all things, that, that, that's hard because yes. yeah. you, you have to really dance a pretty fine line, don't yeah. you? Yes. And to ask a child, how do you think that made Nick feel when you said that? Right? Like they don't care about Nick in that moment, right? They, they think, am I in trouble? That's all they can think. Oh, yeah. Previous Dave said, hey, you hurt Nick and it was your fault. <laughs> right. So I, I've, I've grown. Yes. It's good. Good job. Yeah. Yes. Not so it, it's uh, it, it's challenging, I think, um, in terms of schools, like ideas for schools is for little kids, it's a lot of, um, there's, a, there's a book series called um, Social Stories, where the teacher like reads the book, mm. you know this one, mm-hmm. and then they talk about what would you do, like that's good for little kids, um, and then for older kids, any themes that you can pull out of literature or novels that they're reading Mm. like characters why do you think she did that what would you have done whenever they can talk about somebody else's problems and they don't have to talk about their problems you're going to get so much more out of them okay um so i think as much as we can do that in schools the better because it is it's a social skill Mm -hmm. we call it a soft skill in the business world um but social skills can be taught so we can start when they're little we can start with their big i think it's more effective to use characters and books to get them to talk through things than to say tell me about your friend circle you know or give me an example where you messed up you know um and that's just preventative like you were saying like how can we get in front of these things it's just good skills taught from a very early age using characters and books and anything that's not them Mm. right for them it's too like the context has to be right. Anything yeah. that involves them is too personal and it feels yes. defensive. But if we can talk about this book or this character or this whatever, it, they have opinions on it. Yes. But it's still skill building at the same time. Yeah. Right. Well, and, the, and what I was reading was that very circumstance. They were because they were talking about where they were and what they were doing, and they were talking. The whole point was we're divided, and they really are. And how intuitive mm-hmm. that you know we've kids are so good. I mean, and I see that, but I also. Even, Take it back to the, my own kids. I realized that my street cred with my own kids, because as you have said before, you're always on their side. And you know, and my yeah. kid, superintendent children, that's a hard row to hoe anyway. Yeah. And so having that, and but no one to walk through it as a, another example about what it's through, they get it, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I'm pretty good at making people feel guilty. So. <laughs> I don't know about your. Well, you can, you know, you could always ask kids. That's like, not healthy. <laughs> no, no, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> another no, another strategy would be to like ask kids of all ages, 18 or eight or three, like who's someone you really admire mm-hmm. in your friend group mm-hmm. or someone else's friend group and why? Yes. And then have them tell you why they think they're awesome. Yes. You know, um, and then really you're asking what skill set do you admire? And then do you think you have some of those skills or how? Would you like to have some of those yeah. skills? What are, what skills do they have that you think you don't have? And again, it's just that verbal processing to help them understand. So one thing that we've kind of coined this phrase or this notion of idea of, of social savviness. Mm-hmm. So that the idea of social awareness from the perspective of saying, you know, this, and it seems a little narcissistic and I'm sorry, but, but it this is going to get you what you want later on cuz some people really lack those social structures to feel empathetic you know mm-hmm. and so they're mm-hmm. saying if you do that this is going to happen is there 
Is there curriculum out there? Or is, is this basically the same process about social savviness to say, here's what you're doing, here's where it's going to take you? Yeah. Well, it's really, it's emotional intelligence. So a lot of this looks just like emotional intelligence. Yes. So if anyone were to do lesson planning or curriculum design regarding emotional intelligence, it's basically all social awareness as well, yes. too. That's just being able to manage your emotions, mm -hmm. thoughts and behaviors while in while in relationship with someone else. It's the same thing. So in terms of curriculum or things to work on, then absolutely, yes, it would be emotional intelligence. Talk about EQ. Yeah. Kids will really only get information about EQ if they take psych. Yeah. And not all kids take psych. Yeah. Um, and that's something you can do with little kids, too. Yeah, well, and that 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 uh, Goldman work is just fantastic. Yeah. And what, when you do what you do with all this stuff, the goal is that they are going to navigate life in a more effective way. And we all want them to do that, that Wiley way or what we call achievement ed for those who aren't in Wiley, is getting them where they're going to go and remove all those bumps along the way. But it all begins with that social awareness so they can make connections because a healthy kid's an engaged kid, right? Absolutely. And we truthfully yeah. want them to mess up here like yes. with us. Yes. Like, let's do this now. Let's practice this now. Let's right. learn now because, I mean, you. I mean, he is a senior that's yeah. going to be gone for a while. Yeah. And it's and it is funny, you know. You're talking about that last night. My uh, the girls went to um, a musical that I was. Yeah, it was like speaking. He was trying to get out of the. <laughs> I was trying to get other people to go, and so I finally got a principal to be tribute, so I didn't have to go. Yeah. Mm. I fell asleep at Hamilton, so uh, I want to admit that right now because it was snacks, and I was real warm, and I had a coat on, and it was just I couldn't. I was warm. <laughs> I was cozy. Mm -hmm. Well, because Christy wants me to be quiet during these. Uh, during these social uh, that situations. Is that was, it is the correct social, social response mm -hmm. at the musical, mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quite. Anyway, so I just didn't want to go to this. And, and I was going to do it because I wanted to be kind to do it. But then Cal and I had this time. This is going to be a great time for Cal. Mm -hmm. We ate. Mm -hmm. We talked. Yes. It was a great experience. And I maximized that. And that's the justification to my wife about why I wasn't at Dear, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. So. It's, uh, you miss dear Evan Hansen. Don't, don't judge anymore. This is the thing about this is that it was just. I heard it was sad and stuff, and I don't want to see that. But the plus is there's, there's music in it, and you have to cross off the song that that song's not going to happen again. And so That's then you make the deal. It's really good. <laughs> wow. Mm. Then you probably would have wasted a seat anyway. Thank you. Uh, so thank you for being socially aware and making me feel good about that. <laughs> but that's the whole point is, is it was really great to set those times up where we can't have those discussions because yeah. they're yeah. not going to be often. As a senior, we right. have those many limited amounts of time to do it. And he's a sweet boy and I love him, but it's, it's hard to have those moments because there's so many things around you. Yeah, but that one-on-one -on -one time is crucial. So I'm glad you did that. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think the tip you shared about how to help kids just allow, as a parent, you can let the kid, your kid just tell you the story, tell mm -hmm. them, let them tell you what happened. It's free. It doesn't take anything. Mm. Yeah. Just some time to like, let them talk through it. If they've had a rough day. Yep. And in therapy, I always say, okay, option number one is do nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, if, yes. if kids are in conflict around you, you don't have to engage. Or if someone texts you or something online, you do have the option of doing nothing. Right. right. They think they have to do or say something. So I think that's an important thing, too, oh, yeah. that we often miss is you do have the option to not engage mm -hmm. and to do nothing. Right. Unless they were at fault and they need to sort of clean things up. But otherwise, if there's a social conflict or something going on, you can do nothing. Yeah. And it will still proceed without you. Yeah. Well, and so as we wrap up here, the thing that you would say, too, is, is there a marker when we need to get kids to say, 
this is beyond our parent to understand this is beyond my control and I need to get them some counseling. When would you know when that's going to be? Yeah. Well, when the distress is interrupting their functionality on a day-to-day basis is sort of the threshold for any sort of now they need therapy is okay. when it's disrupting their day-to-day functionality. Well, it's a great thing to do. And from a social awareness perspective, I'm saying if I'm going to hire people, I'm going to have people that are going to know that they're going to walk into somewhere and people want them around. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And yeah. that's a practical skill that a lot of people just don't have. Mm-hmm. And so when knowing that, doing that and living that, it gives them that savviness to navigate life in a way that they're going to be happier. They're going to have more engagement. And there's some simple stuff that can turn into complex things that they don't get handled early. Yeah. yeah. And you can have the highest IQ in the world. But if you're not socially aware, mm-hmm. nobody's going to want you. Oh, yeah. I've got that. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, hey. Cut that. Right, yeah. Thanks. That, you know, just that's, that's, no, that's added in. It's an enhancement. Okay. Uh, B-roll. Th- <laughs> B-roll. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. If you have a, an emotional uh, concern, if you have a question about social and emotional learning, you know, let us know. We'll, we'll tag this at the bottom so that you have a chance. If you have a kid that's in need, you know, uh, Dr. Jamison has uh, hours and you can schedule that with her. We'll, pull, we'll put hers at the, at, the, at the bottom as well because it's really important. Your kid's social and emotional health is just critical for a happy, healthy kid.